Good morning. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that um, you are so good. And, Lord, that you have great things for us, Father, and you have great plans for the kingdom of God. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, we're going to talk about uh, the kingdom of God this morning. Kingdom of God. We're in Luke. Go to Luke. Luke chapter 10. The kingdom of God. You know, this is going to explain some things here. When you when you study about the kingdom of God, you're you're the king and then dumb. King Kingdom means king's domain. Okay? okay we're going to talk about a principle for signs and wonders. And for miracles. And especially healing. Okay? The kingdom of God is a prerequisite for healing. A prerequisite for healing. In Luke chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 1, After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So they're talking about you and me. So, uh, Alright, so this is amazing. You know, so many people, they're going to say, well, the only people who can do signs and wonders are the big 12. Or even in this scenario, the 72... Okay, but what Jesus just now said was seventy-two is not enough. <laughs> he just said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The twelve is not enough. Seventy-two is not enough. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send more. To send out laborers into his harvest, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. And if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking. What they provide for the laborer deserves his wages. He's referring back to Levitical law about how you should not muzzle the ox 
when it's going out. If he's going out to work, then let him get what he what he gets when he's there. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. I love it. <laughs> but whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to, to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, let know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. Verse 13 says, Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For the, if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes, but it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So, uh, verse 17, The seventy-two returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. All right. So it, it's not a special calling for the 12. It's not a special calling for the 72 because Jesus made it very clear that the labors were not enough. He wants to expand it. He doesn't want just the 12. He do not want just the 72 to get it. He wants the laborers <coughs> to increase. And then whenever it talks about here... Um, Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. All right, so here's another thing, guys. It's not about um, whether or not you have a special gifting. It's about whether or not your name is written. If your name is written in heaven, If, if your name is written in heaven, it's kind of like having a pink slip, you know? If your name is written in heaven, then you belong to heaven. The scriptures talk about how we are ambassadors. Do you know, I just watched the, that movie 13 Hours. Uh, it's about the Benghazi issue. You know, and it talks about the ambassador and everything. And they didn't have an embassy there, okay? But whenever you go into a foreign country, they have what's called embassies. At an embassy, an ambassador ambassador represents the United States, okay? Everything he says, it's like the United States said it. He, he can't open his mouth without it coming back on us. The embassy is the plot of land in a foreign country that is actually uh, completely considered American territory. All the U.S. laws apply when you come to the embassy. When you step foot into the embassy, then 
you're out of that country. You're not in the country anymore. You're in America. This is so cool. <laughs> the ambassador is what the embassy is built for. This is so awesome. You are an ambassador. And everywhere you go, you bring an embassy. Why is there all the U.S.s? I don't know. There's not. I'm pretty sure there's other embassies, but I'm talking about the kingdom of God here. here. Hmm? Here. Oh, I'm pretty sure there are, but this there is not Brownwood. <laughs> it's normally in important cities, you know. Important cities. <laughs> so, the, so the drive time is shorter, you know. Uh, but embassy, dude. The embassy is the place that America, all the walls of America, are intact right here. Okay, so if, if there's an embassy there, then it's American rule in that little plot of land. Okay? All right, so... It says, your names are written in heaven. When an ambassador is in a foreign country, he is a citizen of the United States of America. Okay? His name is written in America. You see what I'm saying? But he comes on foreign soil representing a sovereign state that is not the same, it does not have the same rules as the present place he's at. Okay? But he brings with him citizenship of the United States, and he brings with him uh, the authority of the United States. Alright, so in our scenario, guys, if our names are written in heaven, then we are also ambassadors of God. And of heaven. So, like, when I'm out there talking about the barracks in Brownwood, and they're like, you know, hey, uh, we're not from Brownwood. I just tell them, well, I'm not from Brownwood either. I'm from the kingdom of God. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not I'm from ambassador here. for the kingdom of God. I'm ambassador for the kingdom of God, you know? Check this out, guys. So he says, nevertheless, um, heal sex. So verse 9, uh, chapter 10, verse 9. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Why? Because there's a new a new order. See, if you if you if you read over here in chapter eleven, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples, and he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and let, lead us not into temptation. Well, in other um, gospels it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? So you're talking about a king, the kingdom, which is a king's domain, which means that certain rules apply. Okay? Number one, there's no sin in heaven. Number two no sickness in heaven. So when you come, heal the sick in the town and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Why? Because the kingdom of God came and reigned and sickness had to go. Yeah, so it's not allowed. If, you, if you're bringing king with you and somebody else is sick near you and you touch and pray to them, they can heal. Well, that's proof the kingdom is here. Which is why Jesus said over here, 
For if the mighty works had done had been done uh, in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. But as for you, it'll be worse for you on Judgment Day. Signs and wonders don't prove anything; they just leave you without excuse. See, the Word of God is what actually proves everything. It leaves you without excuse because you saw it happen and you still didn't believe. See, faith doesn't come by seeing; faith comes by hearing. Okay. See, all of us we completely by hearing, believing by hearing. You know what I mean? But this is so amazing. Watch this. Faith comes by hearing, but faith always brings something. Man, if you if you grow in your faith, faith will always bring something that manifests itself right here. That makes sense. Like I might not have ever seen it, but if I heard it and I believed it, watch this. Um. Chapter 8, verse 40. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And, a falling, and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. And as Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge was of blood ceased. By the way, uh, in the Old Testament, if a woman had an issue of blood and you touched her, you became unclean, ceremonially unclean. You actually entered into a form of sin, okay? Uh, and Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? And when all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him. Now that would have got her stoned or gotten in big trouble because she was had a, a blood issue. You know what I mean? And she comes and touches him. You know what I'm saying? She would have gotten in trouble for that. And, now, and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. She had never seen a miracle. She just heard about it. See what I'm saying? She heard about what Jesus was doing, and she believed. So faith doesn't require seeing it before you believe it, but faith always brings something that everybody's going to see. There's going to be a change. When faith is applied, change always happens. But faith doesn't require change to happen before it has faith. Faith brings change. A demonstration of power. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter's dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. I love that. <laughs> so, here is Jesus on his way to heal this little girl. Right? And this woman comes up, touches him, gets healed. Right? And Jesus, we could have been like, Well, Jesus is on his way to heal this other girl. And he stopped in the middle of everything. It wasn't even, you know, he stopped. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Jesus has a lot of, you know, words of knowledge here. He could have known who, who healed, who he healed, and just kept moving, right? And not even and not even recognize the person. He could have been like, I'm on a mission. I'm going to go heal this girl. I don't have time to stop for the power that just left me. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> but Jesus took time for the interruption. Jesus took time for the interruption. 
Jesus took time for the interruption and took his time in patience, still believing for the girl he was going to go see. It's good stuff. Can I say something? Go ahead. So we. I'm having a James moment. So we're literally living with Jesus, we're getting words of knowledge. We're healed. People are getting healed. The same exact things. Like, you can, I heard it. You'll do the same things I do and greater. Uh huh. But you're like, yeah, right. it's not good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus didn't mean that when he said, you'll do the same things <laughs> well, greater. I mean, I mean, I know way. I mean, but you, <laughs> to your brain, you're like, I see what he's saying, but it's like, it's almost like your brain doesn't want to believe it until you see it and you hear it. You know what I mean? So then when you do it, you're like, wait a minute. You know, truth like you hear words and you're like, wait a minute. Watch this. And then you see him doing it. I, I like this. It says, someone touched me for I perceived that power was going out from me. Let's go on. Well, when you feel that power go out from you, I know what he's talking about. That's why I was like, whoa. I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Check this out, dude. Um, whenever you have... Uh, Good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm gonna throw something. Watch this. Well, he was. Now watch this. He said to her, "Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace." Jesus. Now listen. I'm not. I'm, what I'm about to say is gonna sound um, a little weird, and I'm not trying to be weird, but it's just the truth. Okay. Jesus didn't say. I think it's. I think it is notable, noteworthy. To pay attention to what Jesus just said here. He didn't say, Good, you finally broke through the crowd, you got a hold of me, and I healed you. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Her faith in what? Her faith in in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Her faith in God. Her faith in healing. She believed a childlike faith that if she just touched the him of his garment, that she would get healed. That's faith. Okay? Faith is... And, and faith always causes action. So she broke through the crowd <laughs> to get what she needed. You know what I'm saying? She believed and she fought for it. Okay? She did not allow any obstacle to get in her way. See what I'm saying? Faith always brings persistence. Up all the Faith always brings persistence. I think I'm spelling that right. Patience. Endurance. And not taking no for an answer. Just saying faith and it, it takes all those things. Yeah. True faith will push through. Mm. True faith will push through and it will not give up when it gets difficult. Your faith has made you well. Now he didn't say your works made you well. 
He didn't say, because you did all these things, and you broke through the crowd and made you well. He didn't say that. He said your faith. Well, her faith manifested in the demonstration of persistence. Does it make sense? It wasn't the persistence that made her well. It was the faith that made her persistent. It was the faith that made her endure. It was the faith that made her push through. Faith always pushes through. Watch this. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear. Only believe, and she will be well. Jesus had an amazing way of teaching and coaching in the midst of trial and tribulation. Can I erase all this? Jesus had a way of teaching right in the middle. He said, do not fear. Only believe. And she will be well. Jesus looked at the woman and said, daughter, your faith. Has made you well. If you wouldn't even talking to Jerry, if you were talking to Jerry, there's so many, uh, 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 there's so many in somebody house. else, yeah, yeah, and he said, Hey, hey, your daughter's dead, it's just not bothering me anymore. And he's like, Hey, dude, chill, yeah, don't fear, do not fear, 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 fear. You know what fear is? <laughs> fear is faith. In evil. Fear is believing that what's evil is going to happen. Okay? So is it a lack of faith? No, it's, it's, it, it is it's faith. It's the same thing? It's faith, but it's faith in the opposite. Do not fear, but only believe. Don't have faith. Okay, so you can say, don't have faith in something that bad is going to happen. Have faith in something good. I always describe fear and faith as the opposite side of the coin. Hands or tails? Same coin. Which side? Because, see, watch this, guys. Fear of the Lord is a good thing. That's why I really don't think fear is necessarily a bad thing. It's what you fear. What you fear is bad. Fear and faith are so close together. Fear and faith are the opposite sides of the coin. Okay? They're the same coin. It's what you have fear in. It's what you have faith in. Does that make sense? It's just fear is usually is usually understood as Fear and evil. Fear and something negative. I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. So you're believing you're going to get sick. 
I'm afraid. Uh, why do you put locks on your door? Because I'm, I'm afraid. That, you know, well, you're believing you're going to get broken into. You believe that you're going to get broken into. You're expecting death to come. You see what I'm saying? Ooh, come on. <laughs> Fear is expectation. Same as faith. Faith is expectation. It's what you expect. You can have fear disguising itself as something else. <clears throat> fear usually, the Bible says that fear has to do with judgment. It has to do with judgment. So when you fear God, you fear his judgment. You believe that God is a just God. Okay? But see, that same fear of the Lord, believing that He's a just God, also activates faith in the, in the cross. Because the cross is judgment. <laughs> fear of the Lord is the being of wisdom. Why? Because Jesus is the perfect wisdom of all God. He is the perfect wisdom. He's all God's perfect wisdom wrapped up in one thing. The fear of the Lord. I fear God. Therefore, I trust the cross, man. Trust the cross. Trust the cross was enough. Take care of my sin. All right, so keep on going. Do not fear, only believe, that sh and she will be well. Okay, so this is Jesus is teaching us key principles to seeing miracles. Do not fear, but believe only. Do not fear, but believe only. Fear is doubt. Okay, and I, do, I know I just said fear is faith, but fear is also doubt. Let me show you this. Fear is doubt or unbelief. If you understand what doubt and unbelief are, you'll understand that unbelief is belief in two things. You believe God can heal, but you also believe this person is going to die. That's unbelief. That's fear. That's doubt. You do believe. You're believing, okay? But you're but you're double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. When you have unbelief, the truth is you do believe. You just have what's called a recoil of faith. You believed that the good was going to happen, but all of a sudden you believed that the bad was going to happen. Does that make sense? I've had that happen. It's the same principle as Peter when Peter was walking on the water. He was walking on the water, operating in faith, but all of a sudden he sees the wind, he believes in the wind now, and he starts to sink. Why? Because the kingdom divided cannot stand. So if I'm walking in the kingdom... And I start to believe in my surroundings instead of the Word of God, then the kingdom gets shaken where I'm at. The kingdom cannot stand in that place. That makes sense. The kingdom cannot stand where I, if I go into a place, because you can only bring the kingdom of God by faith. Okay? You bring the kingdom of God wherever you are by faith. So if I start having unbelief, you know. So literally everywhere we go, the rules and laws of, of heaven basically apply unless we have unbelief. Well, then 
the rules and laws of wherever we are might start to uh, take over. If you start trying to serve two governments, yeah. then things start messing up. Alright, check this out. Instability. On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. This is chapter 9, verse 11. When the crowds learned it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who, who had need of healing. Right? <laughs> Alright, so I didn't get to finish the story here. Verse 51 of chapter 8. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and the mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called her, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed uh, that something that should be given to her to eat. Right? Alright. What else here? Alright, so I was talking about how the kingdom of God, right? Mm -hmm. Kingdom of God comes. There's one more place. Alright, so check this out, guys. Now he was casting out demons. This is chapter 11. Same chapter? Yeah, we're at chapter 11. I'm the same book. Yeah, Luke chapter 11. We'll start in verse 5. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, let me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. <clears throat> the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impudence he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now he was casting out demons that, that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the people marveled. But some of them said, He casts out demons by Beelzebub, which is the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, were mad. But he, knowing their thoughts, were mad. Verse, oh, 17. Sorry. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. And if Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you said, I cast out demons by Beelzebub, but if I cast out demons by, Beel by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. Verse 20. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Alright, so here's the thing. Listen, guys. It's... I'm going to erase this. Who's this Beelzebub then? Beelzebub is, is, is Satan. Oh, wow. I've never heard of that word. Beelzebub is, the, is Satan. 
Okay? Alright, so check this out. If it's by the finger of God, okay, <laughs> then it says right here, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Then, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, in other Gospels, it doesn't say the finger of God. It says, if I cast it out by the Spirit of God. Alright? So what makes you a citizen of heaven? The Holy Spirit. So when you come into the place, you bring the Holy Spirit. When you come, what he's saying here is, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, the Spirit of the Lord is, is freedom. See, we're coming and we're bringing the kingdom of God to bring, to bring freedom to the captives, to set up a new world order. Does that make sense? So when we come into a place, there's captivity, there's bondage to Satan, to the devil and his works, but Jesus came to overcome the works of the devil. Okay, so we come and we establish kingdom wherever we go. We represent the kingdom. And where the kingdom is, it's the king's domain. Okay? New rules. See what I'm saying? We have no... Does that make sense? Um, yes. You will order. Yes, what? Well, I'm talking about the new world order of life. Okay, that came when? 2,000 years ago? Yes, but we're advancing his kingdom now. But See, in Ephesians could, says could that... There, could there be a time right now? I don't know what you mean. Well, just saying that those three words have seen before. I know, I, I'm just using those words on purpose. Yeah. To stir up the crowd. <laughs> but, I mean... It's a new world order. I'm talking about Jesus. Yeah, I know. We're it, flipping the world upside down to access... Flip the world, but somebody else might be trying to flip the world over again in these times because we're in lawlessness. No, the world's already condemned, bro. The, the world's already in lawlessness. We are bringing it's already in under the rule of the enemy. Okay, we it's it's not about whether or not Satan is trying to take over. Satan already took over. Okay, Ephesians says that he's the prince of the, of the world. He's the prince of the power of the air. Okay. Right, he's the ruler of this dark world. Okay, it's already there. Uh, <clears throat> they're already underneath the dominion of the devil. So, and everybody wants to say, "Well, when Jesus came, you know, it just happened. You know, it, it like the devil's gone. You know, he, he has no more power." He, it's true. He doesn't have any more power. Wherever the king comes, or the kingdom of God comes, there's no the devil has no power. That's true. But but here's the thing, though. We have to advance the kingdom of God. If that wasn't the case, then Jesus wouldn't have said, Go into all the world. Make disciples. So we are going into the world and we're advancing the kingdom of God. This is our assignment. 
He has no power, you see. Huh? He has no power. He does. But we have to take it from him. Okay, so if we don't take it from him, he does. Yes. If you don't know and you don't establish kingdom rule where you're at, yeah. then the enemy will keep on doing what he's doing. Lying, killing, destroying, or lying, stealing, destroying, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Lying, killing, destroying, yeah, steal, kill, destroy. We're, our, our calling is to establish the kingdom of God wherever we go. So here's the point. It's not, so many people, they, they want to, um, they want to teach giftings. They want to teach things like that. But the scriptures, Jesus didn't talk about gifting. He talked about the kingdom. And he talked about faith. Does that make sense? Jesus talked about kingdom and faith. Jesus didn't talk about spiritual giftings. He talked about the spiritual gifts in Mark chapter 16, but let's go over there real quick. <clears throat> Mark chapter signs will accompany those, verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They shall cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Mm. <coughs> What's this serpent thing? It's just talking about how you how you have a dominion over, over the, uh, the power of the enemy. Because if you look over here in Luke, talks about how you have uh, he says I've given you dominion over the scorpions and over the snakes and all that stuff what was that 16 what this is right here behold I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you nothing shall hurt you so like remember Paul he gets bit by the snake he shakes it off throws it in the fire I remember my Good stuff. I remember my dream. <clears throat> Kingdom of God and faith. Where is that at, by the way? What? You just said. Paul? Paul? Acts. Acts. Oh. The book of Acts. Paul gets bit by a snake, shakes it off, throws it in the fire. And they're all like amazed. Yeah, they're like, well, like a god. And... Well, they're like, no, he's going to die. And then he doesn't die. And yeah. they're like, okay, well, he's definitely a god then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you're That he's given us power and dominion over the enemy. But in Mark chapter 16, it says, these signs will follow those who believe. Okay, not talking about um, spiritual giftings again. It says these signs will follow those who believe. Those who believe. Those who believe. If you believe in me, you'll do the same things I've been doing in greater. Alright, so here's here's what I'm trying to teach you here. There's so many people get wrapped up in, well, there's a certain people, you know, back in the day, it's just them who do it. We don't do these things, you know. They get wrapped up in, 
spiritual giftings too much. Well, that's not my spiritual gifting. Look, you've all been called to believe. You've all been called to further the kingdom of God. And what Jesus is teaching here, when they go out and preach the gospel, people would get healed because they believed, not because they had spiritual giftings. They got healed because they believed. Okay? And whenever Jesus came, they brought the kingdom's domain, the king's domain, wherever they came, the ruling of the kingdom of God, which is no sickness and no sin. Okay? And they overcame sickness and sin wherever they went. Okay? And that was evidence that the kingdom of God had come upon them. Not that somebody special was there. You see what I'm saying? Oh, well, Peter came, and that's how we got healed up. No. Somebody has to have faith, and the kingdom of God has to come. See what I'm saying? The kingdom of God is inside of you. If Jesus sits inside you, on the throne of your heart. So when I walk into the place as the ambassador, I bring the embassy with me. There's this little field around me. That's how we should look at it, you know? Holy Spirit is with me. The kingdom domain is right here. And if you walk, that's how we should get, man. That's where we need to sit. We need to visualize ourselves like that. <clears throat> visualize yourself like that. When you walk into a place, there's this little force field around you. <laughs> With the kingdom of God, the embassy of God, you brought the embassy. You brought a representation of Jesus. And in this sphere right here, there's no sickness. There's no sin. I'm walking in holiness. And I'm walking in purity with God. You know what I'm saying? And we're not talking about just on the outside. We're talking about on the inside. That's why Jesus looked at the, the Pharisees and called them hypocrites. He said, you look great on the outside, but on the inside. So this is not something that just touches other people. This is something that touches you. The kingdom of God is so powerful, it sets you free from the power of sin and from the power of sickness. But it takes faith to believe it. Faith activates the kingdom of God in your life. It's not just about healing people. It's about yourself getting right with God on a daily basis. You know, you're already made right with Him, but now it needs to manifest. Does that make sense? Belief is something, faith is believing something you can't see. So you may have been full, be full of sin, okay? Right? Be full of sin, but faith believes what God says about you, which is you're not a sinner anymore. See what I'm saying? So true faith pushes through, and true faith sees change. So on your inside, faith in what God and what Jesus did for you will literally cause sin to be driven out of your life. Faith will literally cause sin to be driven out of your life. Why? Because you know who you are in Jesus and you can't keep doing that anymore. Why? Because the kingdom's domain is right here in my heart. Does that make sense? There's no sin. There's no sickness in heaven. Well, I am an ambassador for the kingdom of God. That means wherever I go, I bring this little embassy with me in my heart and in the sphere around me. Sin cannot reside in the kingdom of God. Faith activates the kingdom of God in my life. Let's write that down. Faith activates the kingdom of God in my life.
faith activates the kingdom of God in my life. My righteous one walks by faith. Brings a little bit more light to that. That verse right there, man, that's just righteous shall walk by faith. Righteous shall walk by faith. Righteous shall walk by faith. Faith activates the kingdom of God in my life. Righteousness comes. Seek first the kingdom of God. Watch this. And his righteousness. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is the removal, or it's the absence. sin and sickness it's it's the cleanliness it's when you're clean see in the Bible if you're sick you're unclean if you had sin you're unclean both required a blood sacrifice you know what I'm saying both required blood so anyway we're gonna walk in faith activate the kingdom of God wherever you go it will not just touch the people around you, but it will touch the inside of you. It will drive sin out of your life. Believe me, who you are in Jesus. Praise the Lord. Woo! Thank God.